0: This is a WKYT podcast.
1: Good morning again, and welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. I'm Bill Bryant, and we're certainly glad you're with us. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Despite the pandemic, home sales have remained strong in Lexington and the surrounding region, and realtors indicate that they're listing and showing homes at a good pace, even as the holidays approach. But there are issues and challenges for the housing market to be sure. Inventory is low in popular price ranges. By the time you spot a sign, that house may have multiple offers on it. Gentrification is an issue in many of our cities and towns where investors buy up and improve property. Sometimes it displaces longtime residents or it causes the tax bills to jump so folks can't afford to be there. Is buying or selling a home during the holidays a good idea? Lots to get updated on today with Justin Landon, who is CEO of the Lexington Bluegrass Association of Realtors, (LBAR), and Greg Buchanan, the 2020 president of LBAR. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being with us. We really do appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Bill. Always a pleasure, Bill.
1: Uh, Landon, uh, uh, Justin, the uh, indicators say that we are in an economic uh, downturn right now. We know we're in the middle of this pandemic. We see these numbers uh, getting worse and more concerning. And yet, the numbers also show us that people in central and southern Kentucky are still buying homes, right?
0: Yeah, no, we've been very blessed uh, in the real estate industry during the pandemic. Uh, in fact, real estate has been one of the absolute shining lights of our economy nationwide, uh, particularly here in central Kentucky. Uh, we have seen a booming real estate market really every month since around June. You know, we experienced the slowdown that everybody kind of expected in March, April, and May. Uh, but we've been year over year ahead of numbers from from twenty uh, in twenty twenty over twenty nineteen ever since, and in fact, in the month of October, uh, we were up eighteen percent in total sales, uh, and and median house prices up twelve percent. Um, you know, it's hard to to really nail down what's what's causing that, except that you know interest rates are at an all time low, and uh, in inventory is at an all time low, and when you have those two things. You just have uh, way more demand than you have supply, and that's leading to a lot of sales and and record prices. Um, It's it's just that's 2020 for you.
1: Greg, as this uh, very unusual year with this pandemic, uh, with a lot of people working from home and spending more time there, caused a lot of people to really think about where they live and and whether it provides what they need and maybe they're ready to, to make that move and that could be part of what's driving things.
2: Uh, there's no doubt about some of that. Um, you know, uh, we saw a lot of people wanting uh, in-ground pools at the beginning of the of the pandemic. Um, they were lo- looking for houses for for certain things like that that they couldn't find. You know, out in, in town where all the pools were closed. Um, obviously, home offices became uh, hugely popular. Um, you know, just more space. I think if you have a you know multiple uh, families with multiple kids and you know having them spaced out, cause they're having to do their schoolwork from. Uh, the virtual learning way of doing things. So, I think that had some some play to do with it, but mostly I think it's just the interest rates and and uh, you know it's it's almost free money out there. So, people are taking advantage of it. And prior to the pandemic, you know we had unemployment rate was at an all time low for the most part, and so that gives the people more purchasing power.
0: And yet- you know, and the uh, the National Association of Realtors uh, actually released a study uh, about a month ago that said that uh, the number one housing uh, housing inventory that the average American wanted most was a single family detached with a small yard. And already just in the six months of the pandemic, that desired inventory has become a single family detached home with a large yard. I mean, that's a small change, but to see uh, really aggregate data in demand change that quickly, I think is a huge indication of what the pandemic has done to drive people's um, uh, desires. And that's very interesting because
1: you know develop, developments are what they are, right? And so if they were responding to the uh, the market uh, even a couple of years ago, it, they would have been building something different or uh, sizing those lots differently than based on that, right? That's right. You know, as, as we look at this and we know that one of the, the major issues here in Central Kentucky and especially Lexington uh, is an inventory issue. There is a shortage of homes on the market. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that and, and give us an update on on where that is.
0: Justin. Uh, Greg, you want to go ahead and take okay, a shot? Greg, at that? Yeah,
2: well, I mean, the inventory remains uh, extremely low and uh, we have, you know, some of it is obviously through the, the supply and demand chain. Uh, we have very, very little supply. We have huge demand, like I said, because the interest rates are so low. Um, and some of it's self-inflicted. I mean, we have not really taken an effort, a real effort to look at the urban service boundary and, and what kind of effect that has caused on our on our housing prices. Um, you know, we, we're gonna go into 2021 with probably the lowest inventory of all time. What that's gonna do is gonna put an immense amount of pressure on housing in, in, in Central Kentucky, specifically Lexington, and it's going to make the, the housing prices skyrocket. Um, you're and you're already seeing some of that effect in Scott County, in Madison County. I mean, Scott County has taken kind of the brunt of you know Lexington not being able to figure out how to navigate the inventory issue. Um, and Madison County has done a fantastic job of taking on a lot more. But those can't last forever. Scott County cannot sustain the growth that they've been sustaining uh, the last two or three years. Uh, neither, neither can Madison County. So where do we go next bill that's the big question you know is it Clark County um, is there gonna be a regional discussion to figure out our growth problem uh, we have a, not only a growth problem in residential real estate we have a massive growth problem in commercial uh, land that's available um, I'd be interested to hear from Bob Quick on Chamber of Commerce which we sit on the board at you know how, how many companies have tried to find uh, land here to build on to bring new jobs Lex and how many have they had to turn away um so there's definitely some interesting discussions that I think leaders uh in the community and we would definitely want to be a part of that discussion we need to come together and figure some things out when you talk about prices
0: I think that's the the the, the average Lexingtonian the average central Kentuckian what they're seeing is rapidly escalating home prices I remember when I first came here to to Lexington my first year uh home prices in Fayette County increased by eight percent year over year uh, and I felt like my hair was going to catch on fire because, you know, as somebody who watches real estate markets across the country, eight percent growth is is not sustainable, right? I mean, that's a that's a crazy rate of growth, and wages aren't keeping up with it. Uh, this year, not just for Fayette County, but for the entire Central Kentucky market, we're expecting a ten percent price increase year over year, um, and what that does to housing affordability uh, here in Central Kentucky is is very real, and I think if cities like Boulder, Colorado or Portland, Oregon or, or Raleigh, North Carolina could have been having these conversations 10 years ago, that they, they, would, they would have, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're kind of starting to ring the bell and say, we need to have a conversation about making sure that our market remains affordable because that's what makes us such a competitive marketplace for, for businesses um, and for people who wanna have a great quality of life. And yet, you you know,
1: and and Greg, you've been around uh, here all of your life and and certainly, Justin, you've become immersed in the community in the last uh, few years. And so you know uh, that the pushback to that all of these years has been, well, this is a special place. And in order to keep it that way, you have to have the green space. You have to have the horse farms. You cannot uh, 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 turn those over and till ground and create uh, uh, subdivisions everywhere. What do you say when uh, when you hear people uh, make that argument?
2: Well, I say that I, I completely agree with them. I agree that the that we need to keep the horse farms um, protected. But the 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 fact is that not 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 all the there is land outside the urban service boundary that is not agric- agriculturally significant for horse farms, and so we need to take a look at that land um, that is not that's outside the urban service boundary um, that that fits the need of both both sides, right? So. We completely agree we, we don't we don't want to tear up the horse farms by no means that's what does make this uh, place special but there is land out there that we could probably have some, some pure discussion on uh, to alleviate some of this self-inflicted uh, inventory issues where you know like I said prices will continue to skyrocket We have more than 50 percent of our popu- uh, of our, of our workforce lives outside of Fayette County. You know, how many police officers, how many police cars do you see in, in Madison County, Bill, whenever you're driving up to work almost every day? Um, there's there's a lot of pressure on the inventory. I think we can at least have some reasonable discussion. Uh, it shouldn't be an end all be all, but it should be a reasonable discussion on how we can figure this out.
0: And it doesn't have to be a discussion around, doesn't have to solely be a discussion around, uh, you know, new land outside the urban service boundary being released. It, it can also be a full regional conversation where we really bring in, uh, the counties that surround Fayette County uh, and really have an open and frank conversation about how we grow as a community, right? This is not a solution that any one county should bear. Uh, it's something that we as a as a full central Kentucky community really need to have a conversation about. Um, and and I think that as we look at what's happening with prices, what's happening with inventory levels, we, right now we have 1,919 listings for sale in the MLS. We had 3,800 in January of this year right? I mean the 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 available housing uh, is just in incredibly short supply and that's going to force these conversations um, sooner rather than later we think.
1: Well, there are other uh, thorny issues and let's talk about uh, a couple of those uh, right now. For instance, uh, gentrification an issue in some neighborhoods where investors come in, flip properties, improve their value. Sometimes that displaces people who did live there or causes uh, property values to go up. The tax jumps and uh, people who live there can't afford to be there anymore. Uh, How is that uh, being addressed when realtors get together for discussions and professional development and and and
0: talk about uh, what is the right way to grow? You know, gentrification is a really tough conversation, uh, particularly because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, you know, what happens is in inner city uh, neighborhoods where prices begin to appreciate, you start to see gentrification happening, right? Um, I think what we as a real estate community would really like to see is people who do own homes in those areas uh, to make sure that they're that they're reaching out to somebody who's gonna make sure that if they do wanna sell their house, that they're gonna get their highest and best price. Uh, we see uh, a lot of properties often in neighborhoods that are in that uh, flipping mentality where they're gonna get bought, renovated and flipped you know, those, those homes are, are not often sold, not often. Sometimes they're not sold, you know, using a realtor. You know, they're sold, you know, direct to investors. I mean, that doesn't always lead to, you know, them getting the best price. You know, I would absolutely encourage anybody in one of those neighborhoods to contact a realtor. They're going to give you a competitive price analysis. They're going to make sure that you get the highest and best value for your home. You know, I think when it comes to gentrification, we don't ever want to say that somebody shouldn't be able to sell their house and get a great price for it. Uh, but we just want to make sure that um, that they're protecting, you know, their greatest asset, which is their home. As we talk about, you know, home ownership gaps in communities, you know, we as an association under Greg's leadership have really taken some steps this year to to start talking more about diversity and inclusion within our membership. Uh, not only do we know that there's home ownership gaps uh, among uh, communities of color, uh, we also know that there aren't nearly enough real estate professionals of color, right? We don't have enough real estate professionals from traditionally um, underrepresented homeowners. And so uh, we're making some efforts this year by standing up a a diversity inclusion committee uh, to really start to look at how we get more people uh, from traditionally underrepresented homeowner groups um, involved in the industry. Uh, and really try to close
1: those gaps. And Greg, I wanna pick up there and and, and ask you a little bit about that because uh, there are things that you're doing like having a more welcoming uh, atmosphere. Certainly you're talking about that, but sometimes the discussion when it comes to uh, racial equality and justice issues, there are things that are very concrete. Some terms used in ads and approaches to the way realtors do business has changed. The the term uh, master bedroom is no longer used by uh, most in professional real estate, right?
2: That's correct. Uh, then the National Association of Realtors uh, put out uh, some a few changes like that, and, and you know, getting off of the term master suite and and calling it, you know, I, I believe it's primary bedroom uh, is what it's called now. So yeah, there are some definitely some things like that, and uh, you know, to piggyback on what Justin said about the uh, you know the the, the racial gaps of, of communities of color, you know, we feel like a, you know a home ownership builds communities, and when you know people have a stake in the neighborhood then you, know, you tend to see people care a little bit more. And uh, so to have, have that gap um, kind of come together is gonna be good for everyone uh, in Lexington and, and the surrounding counties as well.
1: Well, people would sometimes say, you're gonna talk about homes, and then all of a sudden you find out there are all these uh, controversial issues and other uh, real topics uh, to be discussed in this uh, realm. So it is quite interesting. But we are approaching the holidays. Colder weather months are moving in conventional wisdom might be that it is not an ideal time to move and yet we see these uh, signs keep popping up and our uh, transactions going to stay strong uh, right into the winter.
2: Uh, they're going to stay strong right into the winter and they're going to remain strong in 2021. Um, I'm really bullish on the real estate market. Um, I think that the uh, you know a lot of people were worried about the election and whatnot, but uh, I believe the investor market was priced in uh, for a Biden win maybe two weeks prior to the election. Uh, we're not seeing it affect real estate at all. Uh, We expect 2021 to be even a bigger year uh, than 2020, uh, which is hard to hard to fathom, but uh, we feel like that's the the strength of it. And I do feel like if there is some sort of um, downward trend in the marketplace with regards to the stock market, that real estate may be the best and safest investment. Um, You know, we didn't see the the real estate market crash during COVID and uh, like like you know like the stock market did so I do think the real estate's going to be a safe place there's so much money sitting on the sidelines uh, Bill as we talked before uh, people are waiting to park that money somewhere um, and 2021 is going to be another another good year
1: Justin how often are people uh, right sizing when they make the decision uh, about their living space either buying more room to spread out and grow or less to take care of
0: yeah I think the uh, you know the, the conversations of all home buyers are having is whether to downsize upsize or right size and i think really regardless of what position somebody finds themselves in right now uh, this is a pretty tremendous time to sell your house now full disclosure it's not the easiest time to find exactly what you're looking for but uh, in terms of getting top dollar for your for your home uh, particularly for somebody looking to downsize this is an amazing time to list your home for sale as i said we've got something like just under 2,000 listings for sale on a, in a marketplace that could easily handle double that number of properties for sale. All right good uh, so if you're if you're looking to, uh, to make a decision about where you want to live in the future, you know, call your realtor today. This is, there really is never gonna be a better time.
1: Gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for being with us. We'll uh, have you back again as uh, maybe the spring approaches and we'll see uh, uh, how we get through this winter. We really appreciate it. Uh, the folks from Elbar, the Association of Realtors. And we'll be back on Kentucky Newsmakers in a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. So what kind of winter are we facing? WKYT chief meteorologist Chris Bailey recently unveiled his winter weather prediction and some of its attention getting. In fact, as we head into this coming week, it may uh, be playing out. Every year we like to take a closer look at the predictions just as we get ready to head into December. And uh, so Chris is with us. Good to see you.
3: Good to see you, my brother. How you been? Uh, you know, it's long been long time. No see for us. You know? Exactly.
1: It's been. It's been <laughs> Year, hasn't it has it? been,
3: it has been, <laughs> and, you know, and, and despite
1: that, you know, in yeah. such a troubling year, it's been pretty classic every uh, season. You know, it was a beautiful spring, oh very my gosh, yeah, we had a warm mm-hmm. summer, a mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. nice fall. Uh, So as winter approaches, what are we generally expecting in Kentucky?
3: When you look back at this year, and especially this fall, Bill, it's been as pretty of a fall as I can remember around here. So let me show you the ingredients that we put together when we make that winter forecast. Because you know the apparent weather of the year plays a big role in this, and if you look back so far at 2020, as wild as everything else in the world has been, the weather, as Bill just said, has been fairly tranquil. But you know what, Bill? Every month this year, has been the polar opposite of what we've experienced for the past four or five years. If you remember last November, It snowed on multiple days. We had more snow in November of last year. than we did the entire winter. We hit December of 2019 and everything just turned snowless and mild. This year it's been the opposite. It hasn't snowed yet in November. I think we changed that into Monday and then into Tuesday and then also look at the global indicators that you and I often talk about when we do this. uh, Every uh, November when we break down that winter forecast, we Mm -hmm. talk about what's going on in the Pacific because Bill, that's the biggest, baddest body of water on the planet, and we are downstream from that. So what goes on there? Impacts the weather here in Kentucky. As crazy as that sounds, so you've got a La Nina going on, which is cooler than normal waters, and that big pool of warm water that is up in the Gulf of Alaska and off the West Coast. And Bill, a lot of times those two will argue for big ups and downs in the temperature department across Kentucky and the eastern part of the country.
1: And uh, you almost prefer an argument and going one way or the other overriding that line that yeah. can be so tough, You know, right around the freezing mark is when we uh, tend to have issues. That right?
3: it is, and if you, if you look back over the past five years, you can't really recall one storm where we had that. We are long overdue for one of those fence riders. You know, where you get that 32-degree line to set up on the Kentucky River down here, and then everybody thinks, oh, it must be the river. It's raining in Richmond and snowing or icing in Lexington, like we saw in the big ice storm of 2003. But you know what? This year, I think we got a chance of seeing something similar to that fence rider. Let, let, me, let me show you this here real quickly you yeah, get you get an idea about this. So we've got that warm pool of water and I said that bill will sometimes give you an active southern jet stream. So one of those tracks for the storm systems look at this coming right over Kentucky and that would be your fence rider that you just talked about. So you can get heavy rain. You can get a mixed bag of winter weather that can produce ice, snow, heavy rain. We haven't seen that in a couple years. Yeah, I know you like to
1: look back when years remind you of other years. Do you see yeah. one that this brings to mind?
3: I, I do, and, and one of those years is 2010. I've got several years that have had a southern track like the one you're seeing here that also you may see this coming up Monday and Tuesday of this week a track that is similar to this one, which was the second storm track for the for the winter. So what this does, Bill, is that it essentially I think puts Kentucky within that near normal window of opportunity for the temperatures around here. So much warmer than normal across the South, colder than normal to the Northwest. So all of that together, means I think here in Lexington, Central and Eastern Kentucky we're close to average. We may be a degree or two colder or just a degree or two better than that. But you know, with an active storm track bill, I think snowfall actually averages above normal. Doesn't matter if the temperature is a little colder than normal or a little warmer than normal. I think we get plenty of systems to come through here that can drop a few of those four plus inch snowstorms that we have not seen in uh, several years as a matter of fact. But there you go with the analog years. So you look at those years. 2017, 13, I've got 2010 in there. Then I've got a few from the 2000s, including 07, 05, 2000. I cut them off at 1970 because really, as you start <laughs> to go back beyond that, you don't find a whole lot in common with the weather patterns we're seeing now.
1: Interesting, yeah. Uh, you know, COVID-19 has affected everything, and yeah. even the, the state and local road crews are telling us, uh, you know, have some patience if we have some of those snows and icy situations, uh, but, and people will be out there. Uh, You do have fewer people on the move, but you know you will have uh, some out there, Uh, so that's something we'll have to watch for as well.
3: It it is, so you as you said, you just got to exercise a little more patience, but you know, Bill, with 2020 being what it is and the kids at home, these kids are going to be robbed of snow days too, or the excitement that comes along maybe with a snow day, because you know what, NTI doesn't care about a snow day, doesn't care if there's rain or snow outside.
1: But there's still recess, right?
3: There is still recess, and they still love their snow. Trust me, just check my Twitter feed on that one right
1: now. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) Folks can check out uh, your full winter forecast on WKYT.com. Fun as always, and uh, we'll see how it goes, That's right. Thank you. you Stay with us. We'll be back on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers with a special story in just a moment. Welcome back and before we go here on Kentucky Newsmakers, you know, every day we hear the new numbers of people with coronavirus. It's easy to forget that there is a person with each number. Jeff and Meredith Willet of Lexington are two of those people. Doctors gave him little chance of surviving. Our Sam Dick brings us their story.
4: Life was just fabulous and normal and all that it could be for us really in one week
1: all hell roughly.
5: They finish (laughs) each other's thoughts. Jeff and Meredith Willett, married 17 years, have survived a nightmare that began in August. And I had what was a
4: terrible cough and cold. Meredith caught
5: the virus first. Headache. She she got feeling better, so I thought maybe that might be the turn I would take. But Jeff, who they think got it from her, went downhill fast.
4: You were getting worse by the minute, and I'm truly sorry I didn't take you to the hospital sooner.
5: Jeff was admitted to Baptist Health on August 25th.
4: Leaving you was the hardest thing I had ever done, but they would not let me come into the hospital at all. I did wonder if it would be the last time I would ever see you again.
5: Meredith kept a journal documenting every procedure, every doctor and nurse involved, and her emotions at the time.
4: August the 26th, Wednesday, third day. By 11 p.m., they had decided to put you on a ventilator. You called me so scared, just in a whisper.
5: Jeff was on a ventilator for almost three weeks, unable to communicate with her. She wasn't allowed at his bedside, so the nurses would hold up an iPad near him.
4: And I would cheer him on um, and even let the dogs bark so that he could possibly, even potentially if he could hear, You know, that would make me feel better that he knows that we're here, you know, cheering him on. He was transferred
5: to UK, still on a ventilator, and she asked his doctor for a prognosis.
4: He just shook his head. He asked me if you had a directive. He asked me if he is to have a heart attack, do you want us to resuscitate? He told me to consider your injuries in your lung and your kidneys. Oh my God, this is really happening. I was at work in my office crying my eyes out, and I wondered how could I live the rest of my life without you.
5: Meredith wrote about the medical staffs at both hospitals, giving Jeff loving care.
4: Jill washed your face and cleaned you up. I was so humble and incredibly thankful for such a sweet nurse who could take care of you because... I couldn't do a thing sitting here at home.
5: Finally, on the 19th day on the ventilator, Jeff showed improvement and slowly began to wake up and Meredith was allowed at his bedside.
4: I put my hands around you the best that I could with all the tubes and the cords and I dropped my head to to your chest and I cried and cried. And when I looked at you, I asked you, do you know who I am? And you answered my wife in a little whisper and scratchy voice, there are no words to how I felt that moment. You were going to make it.
5: The Willets credit prayers for Jeff's survival. They agreed to tell their story to educate people.
4: To take it seriously, it really is, it really is a serious virus and with des- devastating effects.
1: Jeff was released from Cardinal Hill Rehabilitation Hospital on October 20th, but his stay at home was only five days. COVID-19 had attacked his heart. He underwent open heart quadruple bypass surgery for five blockages. He is now back home again, but still battling weak lungs and kidneys. We wish him continued progress. Certainly it has been a struggle but at this point, a struggle and survival. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT this morning, make it a good week ahead.